I am your host, Denisa. If this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. Hello and uh, welcome to the Bold and Virtuous family. So in this episode, what we're going to look at is I'm going to give you guys a little ammunition. So what do I mean? <laughs> Let's just say um, the last few weeks have been a great deal of spiritual battles in my life. Um, I think that the church as a whole is going through a lot of battles right now. I, I only say that because I have so many friends and um, churches as well, local churches that I know of that have been and are going through quite a bit of battles uh, in the spirit. So the fact that we're all doing it at the same time is no accident whatsoever. And if you feel that as well, if you feel like you've been going through quite a few spiritual battles, um, you've been going through quite a lot and you don't know what's going on, um, or rather maybe even you're not completely aware on how to deal with it. Maybe you're still learning about this whole thing uh, and what it really means to be in the spiritual war room. I woke up this morning and uh, after having quite a powerful dream, the Lord immediately prompted me to go and get on my knees and pray. And when I did that, just, you know, <laughs> uh, earth and heaven started shaking and everything started to fall into place. And I could really, really see that there was a battle going on. And this is the beautiful thing about the spirit is that it warns us, it tells us what's going on, it, it makes us aware, and it fights for us. Um, therefore, what we need to do is be aware and make sure that we listen, obey, and that we act in those moments because timing is incredibly important when it comes to battles. So that's what I want to do today. I want to go through the, I want to kind of help and put everything down in one quick podcast. I'm also making this into a blog so that you can have all the biblical references uh, written down and you can have the link to that in the description to this episode. So first of all, let, let's let's look at battles and the whole idea of war and fighting in general. What does the Bible say? So if we open to Ephesians chapter 6, um, down from verse 11... Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I'm going to take a little break there. So as you can see, Ephesians describes battles and the spiritual warfare perfectly. Hence why this is the word of God. Um, it, it reminds us. So as Christians, we are constantly in battle, especially as being uh, children of God that are in the old, uh, in the end times, let's be honest, we can see day by day, sin is getting worse, darkness is getting, humanity is getting more and more hopeless and desperate for salvation at the same time. And we can see that there are many, many signs that, mm, you know, there, there's not much 
much longer that we have to go. Um, honestly, sometimes I don't even know if I'm going to make it to my old age. That's how how close I feel that Jesus is to returning. Um, but what what we learn through this verse here is that we are reminded that what we battle as Christians are principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the sage and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So everything that we battle is actually spiritual. So it's not it's not all a physical thing. Sometimes, you know, we find ourselves in situations and we wonder, oh, why does this keep happening to me? You know, have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation where, I don't know, you're you're trying to have some sort of breakthrough uh, for something? Or, for instance, you are trying to create a prayer group and you know that the people in your community could really use this prayer group. You know that God has a real purpose for it and you know that everyone really needs it. But every time you try to organize it, every time you try to put things together, um, when you invite people, things happen, they can't make it or something happens to you or the location, um, you know, gets uh, kind of pulled from under your feet or just things always, always seem to get in the way and it never seems to be able to happen, um, at least not as you had hoped, not as you plan. And um, it's just one of those things where you wonder what is going on? Why is this constantly being um, uh, cancelled or or delayed or distracted? Well, we know very well, as it says here in Ephesians, that we are not battling against just, you know, trying to make time and trying to get people to come together. It's actually much more than that. It is the devil at work trying to distract us, trying to keep us from uh, gaining those victories in the spirit. And that that's happening a lot in the churches nowadays. So we need to be aware and to be awake so that we know, hey, something is going on, uh, this is happening, there is, uh, or for instance, sometimes in churches, uh, truth is not always completely preached. Sometimes it's kind of like 80%. All, all of these things um, can be attacks of the enemy because he doesn't want us to have victory in the spirit. But the amazing thing about all of this is that Jesus has taught us and has given us the victory by dying on the cross. Therefore, we can withstand all of the plans of the enemy. And we go on from verse 14. So Ephesians 6, 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen and amen and amen. I love, 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 love this passage because it reminds us that we need to stand in complete confidence with the armor of God on us. And talking about the armor of God could be a whole other podcast. And of course, if you have questions about that and are curious uh, straight away, then feel free to post any questions or or comments below. Um, but for today, so we're going to take the assumption that you have your armor on, right? So let's say you have your armor on 
what happens now? And you see, for instance, like me, right? Like, like I woke up this morning and the Lord told me there is a battle going on and you need to stand in the gap. So I went and I started praying. What happened then? <laughs> uh, of course, um, every battle can be very different depending on what you're facing, depending on the time, depending if you're with other people or if other people are praying with you or for you. It, there's many things that can change. However, there are certain tactics that I found that the devil will use, which can be quite common, let's say, and repetitive. Uh, um, you know what they say, God is a creator, um, the devil is an imitator. So he he, ta he takes what God created and he imitates it and he repeats the same things over and over again because the enemy is not creative. Uh, he just has that one thing that he... he uh, can can deal with which is sin which is darkness and he uses it again and again and again and again and sometimes we think oh it can be so different but when you look at the core of it all it is always the same thing he always aims to at the same thing he always aims for the heart for the faith for the mind and of course for the spirit so there's always the same similarities that's what I wanted to really really hone in into uh, for this episode. So I have six different tactics that the enemy tends to do in the moment that we enter into a battle. So for instance, let's say uh, you're ready, you know something's going on and you start praying. You're, you're praying in tongues, you're praying, trying to, to get the Holy Spirit to really fill the room. And slowly, slowly you start having ta-ta-ta doubts. <laughs> Immediately, they come very, very quickly. So uh, a lot of times, the doubts tend to come first, uh, or the thought, this isn't working. Or, um, what are you doing? You sound so weird. Or, um, I've had... I've had those before. Or another weird one was, if anyone heard you right now, they'd think you're crazy. Like, you know, literally, uh, little thoughts like that, that just kind of come through your, through your mind and make you feel silly, make you feel uncomfortable um, as you're praying and as you're declaring victory over yourself, over your family, over your friends, whatever it is that you're battling against. Uh, you know, those doubts can come and make you feel like, what are you doing? You're being silly. This isn't working. Nothing is moving here. Um, you know, just these full-on doubts. So that's the first thing, the first tactic that will come against us. So we're sitting there, we're trying to fight, and the enemy just keeps telling us, nope, this, this isn't working. Let's be honest, you don't feel anything. Nothing's happening right now. This prayer isn't working. And then you're like, oh, no, no, I have to fight through. And you just say, oh, blood of Jesus, name of Jesus and you just declare the name of Jesus and then another thought comes in and you're going into a second another tactic of his is oh the blood of Jesus doesn't mean anything and you know you're kind of just left a little uh that's all I have like you know because for a moment you think oh my goodness uh we know very well that that none of this is true but in the moment when we hear it um, even if it's very, very quiet, it does make you want to think, oh my goodness, uh, what do I do? How do I fight against this? And you feel even more attacked and even more um, kind of out of ammunition, out of strategy. And you don't know 
what to do next. Then you keep mentioning the name of Jesus and you see that it's starting to, to have some sort of effect. But then another word comes in. Another, the third tactic of the enemy is, you're not strong enough for this. Oh, you can pray, but you need a pastor for this kind of thing. You need a prophet here. You need someone who's really strong. You can't do this. You don't have the spiritual muscle to handle this kind of battle. Have you ever had that? I know I have. I had it this morning. <laughs> and, you know, uh, your first thought is, oh my goodness, is that true? You don't want to listen to it, but you do hear it and you do start to doubt yourself and you think, oh my goodness, what am I, what am I doing? Uh, what do I do? Oh my goodness. And these thoughts just keep accumulating that your strength is not enough. You're going to fall at any second. And then to add on to that, a fourth, the fourth tactic is when he comes and says, who do you think you are? You know, it's when your identity is then not just questioned, but canceled completely. Then when, when the enemy makes you look at yourself, the fifth tactic is him reminding us of all of our own issues and our personal battles. And he then says, remember how weak you are? Oh, remember all your personal battles, all your personal issues? Well, all of those are still there. You haven't won any of them. Why would you win this battle? If you're fighting for someone else, if you're fighting for a family member or a friend or, or even the church, the enemy would then be like, you can't even win the, the victory against low self-esteem. How, how would you gain the victory for your a whole church? You can't do this. Once he's made you doubt yourself, doubt Jesus and his power, doubt that there's any form of change happening, he then gets to a place where he then lifts himself up and says, kind of like, I'm bigger than you. L look at me. You will not come out of this unharmed. Look how big and mighty I am. So at the end, he will have us fixing our gaze on him in order to be completely intimidated by what we see, by the darkness, by the shadow that we face. Sometimes we can see a vision in this moment. It, it's like you almost feel like the enemy is drawing closer or drawing or, or growing in magnitude. Those are the kind of things that he tends to go in. Of course, there are there are others, but these are the, the basic ones that I find myself in the middle of battle, any battle of the spirit where uh, I'm about to go into battle. This is the way that the enemy tries to weaken you before you pick up your armor, before you pick up your, your, your sword, and before you truly step up. So now that we know the tactics of the enemy, let's look at how we would fight them. And the verse that withstands all things is from Hebrews 4, 12 to 13, which says and reminds us that the word of God is living and powerful and it is piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. What does that mean? That means that the word of God is above all things. The word of God is above everything spiritual, everything mental, everything emotional, and everything physical as well. The word of God has the ultimate and complete power. 
And when we speak the word of God, nothing can stand against. Nothing, nothing can, can uh, uh, deny it because it is complete and utter truth. And that is how much power it has. It's, it's truly phenomenal. This is why the Bible is so important. Um, and this is why we should never underestimate knowing our verses, reading our Bible every day, and of course, using the word of God in the middle of battle. I really always recommend, uh, and I always try to do this as well, always have the Bible next to you when you know you're about to go into a spiritual battle in prayer because you need it. <laughs> you need the word of God with you. So let's go back. Okay, so the first tactic of the enemy, like I said, is that, oh, this isn't working, that your prayer is not working and it's not making any difference. Well, this is how you respond to him. You remind the enemy God is the one working, not me. God is the one in the middle of this battle and he is the one giving me the victory. I'm not the one. I'm not the one working. God is. When we remind ourselves and remind the enemy that it is God who is in the middle, trust me, he won't be able to say anything else. And this is the verse to go with it. It's Psalm 94, 16 to 18. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. This is a perfect example of how we are not the ones holding ourselves up. We are not the ones who are giving ourselves the victory. And we are certainly not the ones with all the power. It is God and God alone. It is him who stands up for us. And it is to him that we ask the help and that we receive the help from. So next time the enemy comes and tells you that your prayer is not working, that it's not doing anything, remind him, hey, God is working. I am merely praying because I'm inviting the spirit in, but it is him who's working. And my God works every single moment of every single day. He never stops working. And when I tell him that my foot slips, he holds me up. When I call onto my God, he responds. We need to remind ourselves and the enemy who God is. Secondly, the enemy then says, that the blood of Jesus or the name of Jesus means nothing and that it doesn't matter what happens or what we say, it won't matter. Well, when he says that, what are you going to do? You're going to take the very word of God that defends itself and you're going to throw it back at him. And you're going to remind him, no matter what, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is undeniable. And as Hebrew 4, 12 to 13 says, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. When you throw that back at the enemy, oh my goodness, he will not be able to say anything. No matter what uh, spirit, what demon, what form of darkness you're battling, they cannot stand against the word of God. And that in itself 
is a pure evidence that the word of God is bigger and stronger and sharper than any other weapon that the enemy may throw your way. And that is the way to fight against the insufficiency that the devil comes with, the the uh, inadequacy that he tries to come uh, and attack us with and make us think that having Jesus is not enough. That is complete and utter lies. Then we have number three, which says that the enemy then turns things on you, right? Then the, the devil says, you're not strong enough to do this. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. Okay, well... What does the Bible say? The most obvious, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You remind the enemy that again, it is not your strength that you're depending on. It is not your own strength that allows you to have the power to fight the enemy. It is the Lord's strength. For it says we can do all things in him who strengthens us. It is in Christ's strength that we can face him, that we can face the enemy and that we can fight this battle in Christ's strength alone. Number four, then the devil tries to make us think, well, who do you think you are? Okay, fine. You have God's strength, but who are you really? You don't have any authority to do any of this. Uh, this is the way you answer this question. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You remind him, hey, I am a child of God. And the Bible, Hebrews 4.16 reminds me and tells me that I can come boldly before the throne of grace. I can find mercy and grace and I can find provision in my time of need at the throne of grace. Therefore, if God has told me that I can go before him and boldly doing so, then it doesn't matter what you say. If the Lord gives me the authority, then I have it. Then number five, it didn't work, right? The enemy is trying to help to make you kind of look down on yourself. That didn't work. So he makes you remember all the battles and issues in your own life. How can you pray for this person's identity or or self-esteem if you don't even have it? Well, what the way you're going to respond to this is you're going to say, Romans 8.26, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. So you remind the enemy and yourself as well, because this is very important to remember uh, for ourselves in the middle of battle, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is constantly interceding for us. Therefore, yes, okay, I may not have the victory for this specific battle today, but the Spirit is fighting for me. As we speak, the Spirit is interceding for me right now and the victory is coming. It is a way to kind of remind yourself that your victory is on its way, that the Spirit has not given up on you, that God has not given up on you, and that no matter how many battles you have, the Spirit is fighting for you, and therefore, because we want to be more like Christ, we will fight for each other. We will fight for our friends, for our family, for the church. We will stand in the gap. And Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's a constant reminder that we may be in battle. And yes, that's very true. But God is for us. 
And again, you have to remind the enemy, God is for me. And if God is for me, what I say out of my mouth, if it aligns with the word of God, if it aligns with his will and with the truth, he shall make it come to pass. It completely confirms the power of the word of God, which says that if it, if if it is on our tongue, on our lips, then that and that alone shall be more powerful and shall have the victory above every other enemy, every other attack that the, the, the devil may try to throw at us. For if God is for us, who can be against us, right? So now you're at this place where you've thrown all of this at the enemy and he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, oh my goodness. Well, all right, I can't come against your identity. I can't come against uh, your faith in Christ. I can't come against your own battles. Um, I can't make you feel horrible about yourself because you still believe that God is fighting for you. All right, then look at me. Look how big I am. Look at what a massive demon you're facing and how powerful I am. Remember that you are dealing with someone of great power here. And again, I've I've had that happen quite a few times. I've even had that happen in, in the middle of dreams um, where he kind of just skipped all the other tactics and just went straight to that one. And I would just see these massive shadows in my dreams um, and wake up with this incredible fear over me. Um you know, just trembling and just calling out the name of Jesus because I felt such fear because I saw that something dark was was near me or was coming to attack me or wanting to attack me. But again, how do we deal with this? Again, we go back to the beautiful and powerful word of God. Isaiah 44, 8. Do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. This is literally uh, word for word, just coming out of directly the word and the, the very mouth of God. Therefore, it has so much power. And there are there are many times when I... Um, declared this this verse over my own battles as well to remind myself I will not be afraid for God and God alone is God there is no other rock besides him none we are God's witnesses therefore that means that we are here ready to witness the power of the Lord and Isaiah 45 14 also says surely God is in you and there is no other there is no other God this is very important to remember who we have within us and to remember that there is no other God besides our God who lives within us, who is for us and not against us and who fights these battles for us. When we remember that, we are looking, we are lifting our gaze up to the King of Kings and we remind ourselves, hey, I serve this God, this majestic King and there is no one, no one besides him, no one that can even stand close to who he is. And when you look up at who he is, the enemy, that is when the enemy falls. And that is when the enemy just becomes so small like a true ant on the floor. And that that power does not relinquish because we suddenly become big. But it's because we focus on the power of God. It's because we keep our eyes focused on the King. What is the, the, 
the reason behind that last tactic of the enemy? Why is it so powerful when, when he wants to put fear in us? What does he say? He says, look at me. Look how big and scary I am compared to you. Look how, how much I will harm you. That's because he wants you to keep your eyes on him. He wants you to have your gaze focused on who he is instead of God. But the minute that we do that, the minute we look at the enemy and at the darkness and at the battle instead of at God, it becomes bigger. The battle becomes bigger. The enemy becomes bigger. We, we feel powerless. You know, you just feel completely lost in it all. That is why it's so important and vital to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and to remember not to be afraid because God is the only one. There is no other like him. He is our only rock and we are his witnesses. We will witness the power of God in every single battle. That is the kind of confidence we should have. And that is how we should speak when we come in and through and out of those battles. There is none like my God. I will witness the power of the Lord because the Bible says so. So to end this, I just want to throw in a last little reminder. I think that Everything that I've given you is incredible ammunition for the next battle. I hope that you feel more encouraged. But one thing I will mention uh, that needs mentioning is worship. Make sure that worship is part of your battle, whether it's uh, before and after the, the, the battle, the, the fight, the war, because it is very, very needed. Uh, it raises the name of Jesus and it ensures that nothing and no one else is worthy to be praised but the King Almighty. And when we raise up the name of Jesus, he is magnified and the enemy is, is, is relinquished. We are relinquished. Everything, every other form of, of power of the world, of uh, the, the fight that we're going through, of the people around us, anything and anyone else, it's just, it's nothing compared to the King. And the praise and worship of your lips, of your song, that is what is going to ensure, that is what worship is. It's kind of like locking your life in a, in a state of constant magnification of the King and of his power. As it says in Psalm 104, 1-2, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, who cover yourself with light as with a garment who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. I think that is so beautiful, Psalm 104. It's magnificent because it reminds us that our God is clothed with honor and majesty. He is he is the very, very existence, the very meaning of what honor and what majesty is. And when we remember his power like that, nothing else can stand against, you know, all the fear goes away, all the worries. Um, even if we're tired in the middle of the battle, like suddenly you get this massive amount of energy and you're just able to rush on ahead and just sing out the praises to the king. It's so, so powerful. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this beautiful and wonderful, powerful word of God that you've given us today. I pray that you bless each and every one of my sisters and brothers, if there's anyone in the background, God, I pray that you help us to take your word, God, to really utilize it as the ammunition that you've given to us as warriors of the kingdom of heaven, as true, complete fighters and witnesses of the power of God on earth and help us to remember God, to never be afraid, to never be lost in the middle of battle, but to keep reaching out to the word 
word of God and remembering that every answer is in there, every defense is in there, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, everything that we need is in the word of God. So Jesus, I pray that you help us to hold on to that and to know that much better how to come and how to behave in battle after today's podcast. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope this was useful. It was such an amazing journey going through and finding these verses and just putting them all down. Like I said, they will be on my blog as well because sometimes you do need to see these. You are a mighty warrior of the kingdom of heaven. No enemy that can come against you will crush you for you are a conqueror through him who loves you and victory is yours all right love you guys let's be bold and virtuous in battle and let's keep striving for the kingdom of heaven bye guys